Welcome to Five O'Clock Leadership, everybody, with Brad and Rob. Rob and I live and breathe leadership. We coach leaders, we work with leaders, we aspire to be leaders, we're students of leadership. This is an opportunity for you to tap into our work with leaders. Welcome leaders to the Five O'Clock Leadership Podcast. Today, we are talking about the third triad of the Enneagram. We've already talked about two others. Uh, but first, as, as always, as we've done in the other podcasts, we'll just give you a quick overview of the triads. What are the triads, Rob? Gut, heart, and head triads. The gut, the head, and the heart. That's right, Rob. And listeners, if you don't know what those are, we really encourage you to listen to the first two podcasts that we started on this series of podcasts. Yes, Brad. And again, all of us have a gut, we have a body, uh, we have a head, and we have a heart. So we all can use all three of these. But what we find uh, is that leaders tend to default to one or two of these primarily. So partly as you listen to this, you're not just listening for which one resonates for you, you know, whether you're a, a gut, head, or a heart type, but also you can listen to the other parts of yourself that you may not be accessing as much. So listen, listen to all three types. Uh, they're all relevant. And oh, by the way, if you have one default, but others around you have the other two, you need to know more about them. So you need to, you need to be familiar with all three. Yeah, and a great way to understand your default triad or your default dimension is to read chapter eight in Rob's book, Lead Like You Were Meant To, which covers this quite thoroughly. So great resource for you leaders as you consider what we're talking about today in terms of the Enneagram triads. But Rob, as we begin this session, we received an email this past week from one of the leaders that we've done some work with. And the email had a question regarding the Enneagram. Here's the question. What advice would you have when discussing the Enneagram with potential hiring managers if they ask about it or if it relates to a question that is asked in future interviews? Would it be better to leave the results out of your response or include them in a response without stating the Enneagram number? Yeah, so here's my response to the question. Don't let the Enneagram or any assessment for that matter label you or tell you who you are. Instead, use the Enneagram framework to better understand yourself and enable you to be more articulate in describing your strengths uh, and, and other aspects of who you are. Uh, but no, do not show up for an interview and, and pronounce yourself as a, as a certain Enneagram type. Rob, well said. And you know, what's, what's true is that we have three people that we work closely with who identify with the one on the Enneagram. And we would say that they are each very different. So it's not the Enneagram that's defining them. They just are able to connect more with, with who they are and how they engage from a self-awareness standpoint. And the Enneagram helps with that. Yeah, what we really are is we're a combination of all nine types in the Enneagram. And 
in this conversation about triads, we all have a head, heart, and a gut. So we're a combination of those. But uh, certain aspects of that are going to rise to the top and be more prominent. And that's what we're better understanding. Yeah, great. So today we're going to dig a little deeper into the head triad. Yeah, the head triad. Brad, I'm kind of concerned about doing the head triad. Um, I'm... I'm worried about will I be able to describe it accurately? Um, you know, what if what if I leave something out? And gosh, one of my recurring thoughts is, what if another Enneagram expert listens to this podcast and corrects me on something? I just I have a lot of concerns for some reason about describing the head triad. Rob, 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 I think I'm hearing some typical head type worries and fears surfacing in all your questions and complaints there. What if we just move ahead with some courage? Oh, yeah, that's right. I'm a head type. And so are you, Brad. Very true. Yeah, so Rob was just playing with us a little bit there, everybody. He actually really does know this stuff. Well, I try to. I'm, I'm, I'm a work in progress, still learning. But as you know, those kind of questions, if you're a head type, those kind of questions pop into your head all the time. Right, Brad? They do for you. They do for me. Thinking about all that could go wrong. But hopefully we've been learning here and we know the best way to respond when those kind of natural fears pop up is, is not, to, not to let them stop us, but to, to move ahead uh, courageously. That being said, Rob, I'm still a little anxious just thinking about this. Help me understand more about our tendencies as head types. Yeah, no need to be anxious, Brad. So the head types are, the way they're viewing the world is they're constantly tuning in with where are we going? Where are we going? And kind of underneath that is is a, a kind of a sub part of that is, I hope we're going to a secure place. I hope we're going to be okay. The the head types are concerned about the future. Um, they they plan ahead, but there's there's this future orientation that kind of consume them for which they're always preparing. And the the way they prepare is through logic, through the intellect, through gathering information, gathering data, and studying that, and putting pieces together and being very methodical. So ergo, we, we talk about them being head types. The emotion that drives this, we talked in the past about how anger can drive the gut types, shame can drive the heart types, and the most prevalent emotion for us head types is fear. Uh, and Brad, you've heard me say this before. I describe fear as an emotion of the head. Uh, and the reason I, even though we typically connote the, the emotions with the heart, but, but fear, emotion of the head, because why? Fear is all about the future. Fear is about what could happen. And the only way for us to conjure up what could happen is literally we kind of make stuff up. Now, we can make that up based on a lot of experience and a lot of knowledge so we can have a basis for it, but we're still making stuff up about what could happen in the future. And so the the way we go into the future is through our head, and that's the relationship between uh, fear and head types. I'll just tell you, it's a little bit of a default for mine. It's not entirely fair, probably, but 
when I learn that someone is really, really, really smart, I'm automatically on alert to be curious about how much fear is is prevalent for them because the I've just seen the two go hand in hand so much over the years. So that fear, that logic processing, what is that for? That's that's uh, helping me be sure I'm going to be ready, be prepared, be safe and secure. Now, by the way, we think about this at the personal level. At the leadership level is, will my company be safe and secure? Will my company be ready and prepared? Uh, I would dare say that people that adjusted to COVID really quickly, among them were head types who kind of already were thinking ahead when they got the early warnings about COVID and were already doing what-if scenarios for themselves. Uh, another aspect that we see showing up in these head types is they're always tuning into what are the threats I need to be prepared for. By the way, why does that set apart the head types? Gut types don't even think about that. Gut types are not tuned into fear, really, when they're in, in pure gut mode. And they're going to plow through. It doesn't matter what the threat is. They're going to plow through it. So those are some of the distinctions that that set the head type apart. Have I described that as an overview well enough, Brad? You have. The only the only one that I would add on there, Rob, knowing my personal personality type pretty well, is is also the fear of missing out. <laughs> Perfect. FOMO. What are you afraid? you're not going to get to experience. Yes, Brad, is so, from personal experience there. Very, very helpful. Uh, that, that whole sense of preparation, planning, all really, really important to head types. Uh, what would you tell head types to be more aware of in their leadership, Rob? Yeah, so again, just like we did with uh, heart and gut, watch the two-sided coin. Um, head types, on the one hand, they're great at identifying risk. But on the other, they can get stuck in analysis paralysis. On the one hand, they can be very thoughtful and prepared. On the other hand, uh, through all that thought and preparation, they can be withdrawn and distant. They, on the one hand, we, I'm going to own this, process with logic. On the other, that can displace emotion. You know, Marta will ask me how I'm feeling about something, and I can tend to not answer with a feeling, but answer with my logic. And the last one I would say is that on the one hand, they are good at earning the trust of others because they can often seem stable and, and steady and, and trustworthy. But on the other hand, for them personally, they can be easily threatened or spooked in a given situation. So that's kind of a Again, two sides of the coin that goes with head types. Very helpful look at the two sides of head types of leaders, Rob. Thank you for the work that you've done putting this information together on the three triads. Yeah, and and Brad, one last thing I want to say here about the Enneagram, and we have not gone into uh, detail on it. We've just kind of given a 5,000-foot view of uh, overview of the Enneagram, but we also want to be clear that while the Enneagram, like other tools, can help us better know who we are, the Enneagram, and I think this distinguishes it from other assessment tools, it also can provide very helpful direction on how to grow. 
based on who we are. All right. So we don't all need to grow in the same direction. We need to grow according to who we are. And that's, that's the way we use it with leaders. We use it first to help them kind of know where they are today. And then based on where they want to go tomorrow, the Enneagram provides a lot of great insight uh, for that path to being a better version of themselves. Well said, Rob. And we'd like to hear from you, listeners. We've just given you an overview of the three triads of the Enneagram. There are nine personality types, and we could certainly get into each one of those types. But we want to hear from you. Do you want more of the Enneagram from us? Would you like to hear us talk about each of the nine types? Please go to McKinnonLeadershipGroup.com. That's McKinnonLeadershipGroup.com. And give us some feedback. Let us know what you want. Whether you want more of the Enneagram, or maybe you want more of something else from us as we talk about leadership at the Five Clock Leadership Podcast. Stay tuned for Maddie's take and our coaching question of the day. Could you and your team benefit from better understanding the hidden drivers that influence your leadership and decision-making? Would you like to know more about how to increase your strengths while reducing those self-sabotaging thoughts, feelings, and behaviors that keep you from being your best? Using the Enneagram and a variety of other tools, at McKinnon Leadership Group, we are experts at helping leaders know themselves better so they can lead themselves and others better. Whether through in-depth individual coaching engagements or cost-effective team workshops, we offer proven programs that help leaders make lasting change. Contact us today for a conversation on how we can help you be an even more effective leader. Use the contact form at our website, mckinnonleadershipgroup.com. Reach out today. We love talking leadership with leaders. And now back to five o'clock leadership. We're here with Maddie. Maddie, what are your thoughts on the head triad? Well, I'm just walking away from this podcast with, I feel like, a more helpful understanding of what fear is and how we can actually relate and respond to it. I think the typical dialogue around fear is that it's like in your heart. And I think it's so much more helpful and more actionable to think of it as something in your head and the way that we can use logic to interact with fear and maybe um, grow towards a more healthy response to fear is just so much more actionable for leaders than just like a platitude of have more courage. Um, and so I hope that leaders that are listening to this that fall within the head type feel like they're more equipped um, to handle the fear that they're experiencing. Well said, Maddie. And that, I think Rob and I probably learned a little something from you as you shared that with us. And now your coaching question of the day. Consider a decision that you are delaying. What role does fear play in it? And what do you want to do about it? Thanks for listening. 